Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AGF Plastering, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, Mr Paul Evie. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody and welcome back. This is episode 216. Uh, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. Uh, very much appreciate you taking the time to do that. I know everyone's still not in their usual routine, so thanks to everyone who has taken the time to have a listen. This week we've got the EFL Trophy uh, match review to catch up on, as well as our season opener against Oldham. Lots of views, including our views, the week that was, bit of a news roundup from around the club. But just before we do move on to our sponsorship, I just really want to take a moment just to thank everyone who posted support for us on social media or sent us direct messages. And the guys over at the Lowdown podcast, Julian and the team there, during the week, um, after a handful of fans took objection to me attending Tuesday's game, which was purely uh, in a media capacity, um, for those that followed um, us on social media that night, I was live tweeting the match. I was also doing a bit of co-commentating with uh, Dave Victor and Matt Hiscock. That was extremely enjoyable for the club's official commentary. Um, I understand, obviously, that people want to attend matches. Uh, we all do. We're all fans at the end of the day. Um, but I, you know, obviously hadn't just blagged my way in and, and sort of had it large in the uh, south stand with a load of pals. Um, you know, obviously I was actually there doing stuff and create curating content that's actually you're going to listen to now. So uh, I know those that are listening probably already know about that. Um, but uh, just wanted to make that point. Um, thank you very much to everyone. I think anyone who has listened to the podcast regularly over the past three years knows. Um, that we've got press passes. Obviously, we're lucky enough to speak to the managers for most after games when we go. And, you know, we've been on the press boxes numerous times and we've always tweeted from there. And to be fair, you mentioned it last week at the end of the podcast. So I don't really think anyone who listens to the show regularly would have been that surprised by it. And I must say, Mr. Levy, you've done a very good job with Mr. Victor. Oh, and thanks. Mr. Matthew Hiscock, who's now on Twitter, like he we have mentioned. So please go and give them a follow. Matty H L O F C. Give yeah. that man a follow. Apparently, we've got him another fifty followers off off the back of the uh, <laughs> the, the tweet that we did. So, Matt, welcome uh, to social media. So, we got one minute into this week's episode before we mentioned Pressgate. Hopefully, that's <laughs> the last Pressgate. You know, we hope to be able to bring you a bit more content from some of the future home games. And when we do, you know, your support is always greatly appreciated. Like Paul said, the amount of DMs that came in and the tweets of support. Are always lovely um, to hear and make the work Appreciated. that we do absolutely valued. So I think it's probably time for a nice little sponsorship update. Yeah, so AJF Plastering are the podcast sponsor. They're an Essex-based plastering and rendering company that cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And the best part, if you don't know this by now, where have you been for the last year and a bit? <laughs> they offer a 15% discount for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. To get more information and the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can visit their website, their brand new shiny website, which is www.ajfplastering.co.uk. You can email Adam, uh, that's ajfplastering at outlook.com or find them on Facebook or Big Ads with a Z, L-O-F-C, on Twitter. I'm going to digress slightly here. I'm drinking a lovely cup of tea out of a lovely podcast mug. We don't really mention the mugs anymore. There's about five to ten left. Um, if anyone wants an Orient Outlook podcast mug for a fiver, give us a DM or a tweet or an email at Orient Outlook 
at Outlook.com. So before we start with the week that was, just one piece of AOB for this week. So at the end of episode 215, we asked all of you beautiful people who were listening on iTunes for a review on that platform. And amazingly, we had five iTunes reviews this week. So thank you to Rich Den M, CSA777. Couldn't be used, could it? Couldn't be used, could it? CSA777. And the lovely Teresa LOFC for their comments as well as their five-star reviews. So thank you to everyone who took the time during the week to giving the Orient Outlet podcast five-star review on iTunes. Apparently it does help with their algorithms when you're trying to find this as well so it is appreciated. Anyone you can don't even have to leave so much as a comment a five star review would be very much appreciated. So moving on then to the week that was. Coulson Monday the 7th of September has previously announced the club held a QA and a for season card holders live on YouTube with Nigel Travis, Kent Teague, Danny Macklin they were there to take questions uh, from fans and discuss the streaming and lots more. Danny went into quite a bit of depth about quite a bit that, that people have been yeah. um, curious about. We were brief, They were briefly joined by Craig Clay uh, and Josh Coulson, giving a player's perspective on things as well. Very interesting, that. Yeah, worth a watch. I think it came in at 52 minutes, uh, give or take. So I know it's you know an hour almost of someone's day, but if you get a chance, it's still very relevant um, to what's going on at the moment. Very, very informative. And well done to the club and the board for being so open and honest in their communication. It's incredible. To it still blows your mind that we've gone from famine to feast and yet other clubs out there don't even get, well, barely get a letter from the chairman on the website, I'd imagine, let alone people giving up their time. Transatlantic, no yeah. less. Um, so you're talking different, two, three different time zones in, in play here. So it is incredible. I'm not trying to blow smoke here, but it is genuinely incredible the, the, the amount of exposure that, and, and answers and the willingness to answer these questions. It, it's a game changer, really. Very lucky to have um, such a, a good board and such a good media department. Spoil slightly. We are. <laughs> With these Ferrero Rochers. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So to Hue Tuesday, the 8th of September... And we had Brighton under-23s at home as we started our quest to go to Wembley in the EFL Trophy. So the team was announced with Sam Sargent in goal, Jordan Thomas, Jamie Turley, Joe Willowson and Shadrach Ogie in defence with Sam Ling, James Dayton, Josh Wright and JMD, Danny Johnson and Ross Tatoo making up in the midfield and the forward line. Yeah, substitutes on that one with Lawrence Vigaru, Happy, Coulson, Clay, Wilkinson, Judd and Angle. Debut for Jordan Thomas mm. uh, as Rossitori was fit enough to start this one. Obviously, he missed out previous week against Forest Green Rovers with James Dayton captaining the O. So, for me, I thought that was a pretty decent and a much stronger side than what I thought I would be seeing. Yeah, I mean, I thought it, I thought it was a strong side, um, to be fair. That could be a first choice on any mm. match day, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, not many from the side from Forest Green. Ross rang the changes for that one. Um, and I guess it's a luxury that he's got with the size of the squad that he's got. And I think I say it maybe later on, but I'm going to say it now. He's going to have a hard job keeping 24 players happy. Yeah. When, I mean, when only 11 can actually play and, and another seven can make the the match day squad, I it's that, going to be difficult. I think that shows you the depth oh, of the squad where, you know, last season players like Turley when he was fit, um, Wright, JMD, Saturi were all starting matches. Now they're having to take their chances because they aren't the first names on the team sheet anymore. Yeah. You know, so these matches become a lot a lot more important for these players because these matches are the platform for these players to 
if they have a good yes, game, they make the Ross decide that they've got to be kept in. Like Danny Johnson at the moment, you dare not take him out, for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a, if you're playing three strikers, he's your first name on the, of those three. So um, it, it makes a huge difference. And George LOFC tweeted in and he said the same thing. He said, surprised at how strong a team it is. Yeah, Oliver Melman said, not quite sure what the formation is going to be. Two left backs and two right backs. So I think mark. what threw that out was the fact that Sam, Sam Ling was being played in, in a defensive midfield role because during his uh, academy days, he played in midfield, not right back. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that, but didn't you know, know he seemed to have a good game. And obviously, I'm sure Very we'll talk good. about Sam. He was um, really good, Sam Ling. As we come on. Yeah, had a good game, I thought. Lewis, one five double three five four oh five. God, that's a, a tricky one. Strong team shows either the intention to go far in this trophy, trophy or just the depth of squad that we have. Probably a bit of both. With the game on Saturday, it's a surprise to have, in my opinion, a few starters playing tonight. But overall, should be a comfortable win for the O's. So the match obviously kicked off. Was it a bit odd being there? It obviously was a bit. with no fans. It was. I kind of felt like I sort of, to go back on what I said in the uh, sort of initial statement, I'd, I'd somehow found a gate open and I just walked through and just found myself on the media gantry. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, there was no fans. It, you could clearly hear the players. You could clearly hear, uh, obviously I sat right next to Dave, but you know he, when he was talking and there were shots and whatnot and it just amplifies around the mm. ground. So it was really weird. But then last time we played Brighton in this trophy in in last season there was less than 700 fans in which would have only been the West Stand oh, the anyway West, yeah. and maybe Brighton would have had the North, the, 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 the North Terrace so you're not talking and even then that would have been like one man and his dog so like 30 people for example so you're not talking like bucket loads of people and so when you're looking out onto the East Stand um it wouldn't have been anyone there. When you look to the Tommy Johnson, there wouldn't have been anyone there. When you look to the North Stand, there would have been a splattering of people. Yeah. So it's not not that I was at that game, but it wouldn't be that much difference in that game. Different for a Saturday 3 o'clock league, league kick-off. But yeah, it was a bit odd. Not a lot of people around. Um, social distancing within the club, wearing a mask, the lift use rather than using the stairs and crossing people on the stairs and all that sort of thing so yeah obviously no post-match access um, it was just official club uh, interviews um, obviously you know there's uh, no tea and coffee sort of facilities that were open obviously they had a loo but you know that was that was about it really and then there was a there was a few Hector Kiprianu and uh, Sweeney uh, yes Jaden Sweeney thank you were on the media gantry but they were sat sort of at the far end because they had a few players on the balcony and a few in the stand in the in, in the gallery area um, so yeah it was very odd I can imagine it was really odd I can imagine so Paul was there watching the game that we'll cover briefly as always so a couple of chances for both sides in the opening few minutes but it's in the 8th minute Danny Johnson nearly capitalised on a misplaced back pass from a Brighton defender but his shot came back off the underside of the bar. He was unlucky there. That, I mean, really? He took it very early. Um, an inch lower and that's a goal. Yeah, but you can see the confidence, again, like we've spoken about. Not thinking about it, just doing it, which as a striker is, is, is the zone that you want to be in. Unlucky there, I think. Who does that remind you of? Not thinking about it and just doing Ooh. it. <laughs> Fast forward, though, to the 35th minute. So as you can tell, there wasn't a great... It wasn't a great half of football because we're now at the 35th minute and the O's took the lead as Shadrach Ogie was fouled just outside the Brighton box. JMD whipped the free kick in. Jamie Turley headed the ball back across goal. 
he was at the back post. Um, and after a bit of pinball header in the box between the bright defenders, Sam Ling followed up with a header of his own to put us ahead 1-0. And I thought that was an excellent goal. Um, not seen Sam in that position before. Um, so it was new to us watching. And obviously from the media gantry, you can clearly see the passages of playing the formations and whatnot. Um, Sam looked very comfortable there. Uh, he didn't look particularly troubled. And he was just in the right place at the right time. We saw Josh Wright do that for similar, just follow the ball in and just follow the action and just sort of t- have a hunch and just go into what eventually became a hotspot. He did that, Josh Wright, sorry, did that for Cheltenham when he put the ball in and he just happened to sort of follow, weave his way in and follow the ball through. Sam Ling kind of, from watching it live, did the same thing. He's just attacked the ball and bang, capitalised on it. Great header. I, I, thought, that, very well I thought that was a very good header. I think that was a lot harder than what he made it look and he's absolutely nailed it back yeah. in the net. One nil on Sam Ling, obviously, with Jordan Thomas, who may be playing right back in the future. You know, that We presume he's been brought in to go for a first team spot and obviously with the formation that we play it's a lot of back and forth for, for the full backs as mm. we can see with Brophy mm. maybe Sam Ling you know if he loses his place right back isn't quite done then he can play in a central mid, midfield role so yeah. you know that's an interesting one so 1-0 to the O's and that's how the scoreline stayed as the ref bought the first half to a close yeah um, hasn't been a great half not much really to talk about as you can probably tell from that both sides doing their best to keep the ball and find pockets to exploit and the reason I say that is because that's typically how under 23's football from what I've been told works is about keeping the ball and working the angles and making holes and, and not really sort of lumping it forward yeah so good point it was good, good, it point. Was good. so the first half not much to talk about second half slightly more to talk about yeah. so let's go so no change at half time for the O's and we were out of the block sharp, which is Raul Saturi, who glanced header just wide in the 47th minute. And one minute later, Samling was unfortunate to knock double our leaders, who shot wide, following a Jamie Turley knockdown from a JMD cross. Clearly something that they've been working on um, in, uh, in, in training that, knocking it down to Jamie Turley or Josh Coulson at the post for a knockdown for someone to then run onto it and smash it in. Yeah, so um, worth pointing that out. Uh, then in the 54th minute, there was a goal to Orient as Danny Johnson doubled our lead. He controlled Jordan Thomas's neat cross into the box. The ball sat up nicely for him and he smashed it on the turn into the corner of the Brighton goal. And I just looked at that live and thought, what a brilliant goal from a player who's clearly full of confidence. He's clearly had a good whatever he's done pre-season, because he wasn't prolific in pre-season particularly, but that's not to say he wasn't going to have a good season. Mm. He's come in and he's just hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean, the the ball took a a difficult bounce for him to control and he's turned and snapshotted it. And again, that that is much harder than it looks. He's made that look very easy. The power on the ball as well when he shot it. He's really got his foot behind it. Great goal. 2-0 and at this point you're thinking, it's probably job done now. Forward, like a 2 0, you're thinking you can probably relax a bit. Brighton under 23s, you know, confident, we're looking good, game done. Yeah, but as we all know, that's not always the Orient way. It's not always the Orient way. So there's a double substitution slightly after the goal, as off came <coughs> goal scorers Sam Lee and Danny Johnson, and on came Craig Clay and Lee Angle. And in the 64th minute, the final sub for the O's is James Dayton was replaced by Connor Wilkinson. That's right. There was a glorious chance to put the game to bed, which was missed in the 71st minute. Lee Angle broke away, 
did very well there. He fed JMD, um, who was open. He could have been greedy there, Angle, but he, you know, part of the bigger picture. He fed JMD, who really only had the keeper to beat uh, in a sort of semi one on one situation. But he ended up putting the ball wide, and I was, I did think to myself then, I was like, glorious missed opportunity mm. there. That was game set and match. I don't know how he's missed that. I haven't watched the highlights back. It might be harder than what I. I'm saying I might be doing the guy a disservice. It's not on the highlights. Is it not on the highlights? Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> so JMD misses a golden chance <coughs> to make it 3-0, which would have sealed the game. In the 73rd minute, Brian went close to Sam Sargent was a full stretch as a shot just went wide of his far post. Yeah, we haven't really mentioned any chances for Brighton. They've not really troubled Sam Sargent. He hasn't really had to make a save at all this half, so it's not that we're being unkind to them it's just there really wasn't much of anything uh, to talk about 83rd minute in Brighton pulled a goal back through some neat build up play and the ball was scrappily put into Sargent's goal by Wilson who held off Joe Woodison from close range to make it 2-1 and suddenly it was game on so from being almost 3-0 10 minutes earlier it's now 2-1 I mean it's game on now I thought Wilson done well and again I mentioned it last week (sighs) I don't think Coulson or Turley or Happy get done like Woodison gets done for the goal. He just gets held off too easily by his forward, who just kind of holds him up. might be scared to concede a penalty. I've got no idea. I think it's probably because of the fact he's a left-back playing in the centre-back's position without sounding too harsh. I think a centre-back who's trained as a centre-back with Coulson is probably stronger and putting more pressure on the player. I mean, that's being hyper, hyper-critical of Woodison there. you know. But you could argue... We could have defended that better, I think. Mm. Which could be, you know, like I said, a bit critical. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. That's what we do. Brighton were now sniffing blood and they started to ramp up the pressure, which paid off in the 88th minute. The equaliser came as a superb cross in. Wilson headed in unchallenged to make it 2 2 in his second goal of the game. And I thought that was a really poor goal to give away, to be honest. Literally no one there to challenge him. Great cross. I think the cross was superb, like you mentioned. Maybe that's the. That's that's me, maybe me being harsh then because the cross was really good to be yeah honest. done the defence good finish yeah. though from Wilson I mean Wilson 2-2 two two, so he's like yeah. he could be a good little player so that meant we were heading towards penalties so four minutes of injury time were added and in the 90th minute the drama really started as the O's were awarded a penalty of their own as Lee Angle was fouled in the box and the ref didn't hesitate to point to the spot now I've watched this back and I don't think this is a penalty I think Angle goes down like an absolute sack of Bricks and buys the penalty. Okay, but I've only seen it from the angle of the gantry. Um, but I thought angle went down very, very quickly. The Brighton guy, not to be too contrary, but was talking to the Brighton media guy who was sat a couple of seats away from me, and he said that there was, and I missed it, that there was a foul in the build-up. His man was being, his man who went to clear it and kick it, kick it clear. Sorry was being pulled back by our man, so they probably should have had a... I mean, you never get them anyway, yeah. but there was a foul in the build-up to that anyway. So, as we're about to say, justice was probably served in the Brighton, <laughs> as far as Brighton uh, are concerned, um, because up stepped Lee Angle, who put the ball in the back of the Tommy Johnson south stand. <sighs> Unbelievably, we're sitting there thinking, right, OK, this is it, game, set and match. We don't have to go to extra time... Uh, just We don't have to go to penalties. This is it, done. Right, lovely jubbly good i got to say again I'm going to sound so negative tonight go on that's a pretty bad penalty it's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty penalty. bad penalty it's an awful penalty and a pro, in my opinion a professional player should never miss a penalty 
And I've had this conversation with Matt Porter because I was quite critical of us about the uh, playoff final when we missed a couple of penalties. If if you get it on target and the keeper saves it, that's just bad luck because the keepers just happen to guess the right way. But for you to blaze it into the back of the stand, uh, for me, um, no, nah, shouldn't ever happen. It was a poor penalty. I mean, I think I make a, a note of it. Um, in my views, but be interesting to see what happens with the next penalty when you've got someone like in Johnson who yeah. can't stop himself scoring, and if Josh Wright is on the pitch as well, you know, a very um, adequate penalty taker. I'd be interested to see who steps up to take the next one. However, we digress, and we all thought we were going to penalties after that penalty miss, and you know that puts a completely different slant on the game. Getting pulled back to two all, missing a penalty of our own in literally the last two minutes. However, we didn't need them. No, we didn't, thankfully, because... Connor Wilkinson was fouled 30 yards outside. The free kick was put into the box by Josh Wright. Jamie Turley was at the back post. He headed the ball down. It eventually came to Connor Wilkinson through a few bodies. And Connor shot the ball into the ground. Ball flew past the keeper to make it 3-2 and effectively win the game for the Orient. Yeah, late drama in this game. But, um, you know, that was really going to head for a penalty shootout. But thankfully... Connor prevented that from happening and it was I couldn't really see it probably because there was a lot of bodies in the way he took it well actually He's, it reminded me a bit of like Lisby so he can see the ball floating and he kind of takes a gamble where he thinks the ball's going to come and it comes to where he thinks it is and he just head down studs into the ground and the ball just bounces flies past the keeper good finish from Connor and obviously we mentioned Danny who will get the plaudits this week deservedly but at that point Connor had got two goals in two games as well so well played to Connor Wilkinson, the full-time whistle basically went straight after that, to be fair, mm. as the O's got their EFL Trophy campaign off to a winning start. So your views are on the Brighton under-23s game, Mr Levy? Yeah, not a great great first half, much better second half. Maybe we are going to be a second-half team after all. We needed to manage the game a bit better as Brighton uh, got themselves back in the game. Uh, credit to Ross and the team for the half-time team talk again. Uh, and Danny Johnson's absolutely on fire. And you're right about Connor Wilkinson. That is two goals in two games. And he, he deserves immense uh, immense credit as well. If Danny Johnson stays fit and plays regularly, I think we really could be looking at another 20-goal-a-season striker, which is you know the same as McCauley Bond. His hard work ethic. That's you right, know, you were. Yeah. A lot of parallels there. A frantic final six minutes that bordered bizarre, uh, but made for an interesting end to what was a bit of a dull game. For my view, like I think we said it last week, I think winning breeds winning. So whilst yeah, agree. I'm not really fussed yeah. about the EFL trophy, um, I think we've got bigger fish to fry. It's good to win uh, another competitive fixture. Agreed. So for me, very happy. I was surprised to see Ling in that central midfield position, mm. but you know he done well. It worked. Another great finish from Johnson. Decent goal for Wilco, like we've said. We spoke about who takes the next penalty. I think it'd be interesting if Angle, Johnson and Josh Wright are all on the pitch. It'd be interesting to see who takes it. Do we stick with Angle and try and get him off the mark to, to get his first goal of the season? Or do you go to Johnson, look, you're flying, mate. You can take this one, knowing that he's not going to think about it. He's just going to smash it or mm. do what he does. Um, and we mentioned it before, but it would appear very much so that we've mentioned a lot, and we'll mention it on Saturday's game, that a lot of free kicks are going into the box to the back post and Jamie Turley is there winning the knockdowns, and that seems like that's a Danny Sender job. So we can really see the effect that Danny Sender is having. And we also played a short corner again against mm-hmm. Oldham that I've not seen Ryan do many times before. And that looked like that was straight off the training ground. So you can see what the team are doing in training, and it's starting to pay off. Um, yeah. And I think it's like by saying, you know, 
disappointing to lose a two-goal lead, but great to see. Kept our heads, chins stayed up, and we won the game. Yeah, three two. So we're really happy with that. So we had some views in on Twitter to Orient's outlook. Um, so we'll start with Boatsy, who said, "Well, typical Orient. Unbelievable how we can be two 0 up and end up winning three two. Thank goodness we didn't need penalties after Lee and goals." Yeah, Joe Puvit zero zero said, "Need to take that momentum." Uh, forward and make it count on Saturday. Big weekend up ahead, and we need all the positivity we can get. So this is a step in the right direction. Les OK fifty two said, "Well worth a tenner. A good game, some good goals, and better than watching the ball." That is England v Denmark. <laughs> He's talking. Les is obviously talking about the uh, streaming uh, for that one. Steve Chaplin four said, "Decent enough lapses of concentration might have proved costly, but turned out uh, fine in the end. Cracking goal from Johnson. Looks very sharp. The final word on Brighton was from Matty, LOFC Evans, who said, a win is a win. doesn't matter how pretty it is. Two wins from two, and momentum is slowly starting up on the Orient Express. Johnson is looking like our main man up top. We will go bring on Saturday, start off the season with a bang. Absolutely. So, following that, um, the well, actually, prior to that, we um, launched our Prediction League, the Design Cabby Sponsored Prediction League, and the update on that is super special. Well done to Oliver Melman and Nice Shot Steve, who predicted 3-2 and a scorer, so both get four points, and we'll do a roundup of the Design Cabby Prediction League table later on, uh, well, actually, towards the end of the show after uh, yesterday's game at Oldham. Yeah, perfect. So moving on into Wednesday, the 9th of September. It was a busy day following Leo's EFL Trophy victory over Brighton under-23s. As uh, Chairman Nigel Travis wrote a letter published on your own website thanking fans, thanking Carrie Kane, revealing that the pandemic meant an additional 1.5 million loss and lots and lots of other things lots of content there again yeah. to have a chairman writing a letter and it's quite a lengthy letter that must have taken him a while you would imagine i thought that was a really a really good touch but from nigel mm. so so well done yeah absolutely um just to just my mind was thinking while you was reading that um i can imagine now the prediction the, the design cabby prediction league now is going to have lots of sort of two ones one nils johnson's now Absolutely. Everyone's going to be putting that in. Anyway, moving on then. On the same day, the club confirmed the second round of the Carabao Cup tie against Plymouth Argyle would be played on Tuesday the 15th of September, kicking off at 7.45. Yep, so one to note in your diaries if you haven't noted that already. And the club also confirmed that former midfielder Alex Flawless, who is flawless? He's absolutely flawless. <laughs> has joined the Leighton Orient Academy coaching staff. So Alex said, I'm delighted to be back. I'm focused on developing the youth. I was keen on everything the club is about and to be involved with the academy is a really exciting challenge. So welcome back to the club, yes, Alex Lawless. I think it was at the end of season uh, finale after we won the league and I think it was Danny Webb, I'm sure it was Danny Webb, who mentioned Lawless about what a good trainer Alex Lawless was. Like Just in the as player. Well. Like who would be one of your your players of the season effectively, and he went, oh, one of mine would be Alex Lawless. And we both looked at each other and went, he barely played. And he went, no, it's not really. He didn't really play, but it's the effect he had on the training ground and what he was doing for morale and how he was making everyone raise their game. So, you know, an interesting uh, appointment there. One I'm sure will work very well. It's it's almost a shame then to make that comment because then why not give the guy his place in the team, in, in a starting team, or bring him on and give him 10, 15 in each game. For example, just to say thanks very much, Al. 
get a few minutes under your belt in a proper live game. Interesting. I'm interested. But he's obviously clearly very highly regarded to be in charge of the uh, an academy team, and he was uh, t- he took the, the second half of the Bishop Stortford game. Oh, did uh, he? Because of, because of the youth, the youth players. So um, now from that championship winning team, you've got Dean Brill, who was in goal, who's now gone back to being a keeping coach. You've got Alex Lawless, yeah, who's now looking after the academy, and Brian obviously you've got Sarr. Matt Harold. And Matt Harold, yeah, I know Matt. I know Brian Siles, an older one, but still someone who's got got the club in their in their heart, really. Yeah. So it's really good to have people that have got a strong affinity to the club. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Three players there that are now on the coaching staff that can inspire and bring through the next load. Yeah, and Matt Harold was in the media gantry against Brighton, and again he was barking out orders from the top, and Leango was on the break. He's like, go, go, go. He was really sort of encouraging them. So yeah, it's a really positive hear. impact. Good to hear. Thursday the 10th of September then, uh, the club were one of 63 clubs who were awarded family excellence status by the EFL, uh, which went slightly under the radar, we think. So just want to say well done to Dave Toyne and the team uh, and everybody else who was involved in getting that, I guess that important kite mark, if you like, because they, from my understanding, it's an anonymous family just turn up and judge the experience of that match day. Um and then feedback to the to the EFL. Yes, um, basically, yeah. It's random and, and anonymised, so you never know when they're going to turn up. Yeah, so well done. I mean, 63 clubs, so, so two-thirds, basically, of the yeah. EFL clubs winning it. But obviously, Dave Twine, no longer at the club, but obviously still had a lot of love for the club, as he uh, put out a lovely kind of Twitter thread. So well done to everyone involved in that, whether they're at the club or no longer there. So moving on into Mooney Friday, the 11th of September... And it was a quiet day at the club because we were just one day away from the big League 2 campaign starting. It's so odd with the League campaign starting because obviously there's no fans. Normally you're like making arrangements to meet everyone, you know, because the first game of the season is all about kind of meeting up, seeing people you've not seen before. So it was a very kind of different, different feeling. It was just as exciting in a way, but at the same time you're thinking, oh, it'd be great be able to be there and see whoever. Plus also, we're talking about this um, in early mid-September, not early mid-August. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. We're a month late and we haven't been in our seats since March, end of February, well, March, essentially Cambridge-ish, yeah? Um, so again, so for, to have it so long and then to be in September talking about the season starting, bit of a weird one. But in the morning uh, of Saturday the 12th of September, the under-18s were at home. They were in action uh, against South End in the EFL Youth Alliance Southeast Conference, unfortunately lost the game two nil. Um, so maybe they should have been in place of their first team, who lost four nil to Harrogate <laughs> on the day. So unlucky. Anyway, unlucky. Moving on. Unlucky young O's. So time for the main event, and as the season kicked off away at Boundary Park at Oldham Athletic, and before the game, as always, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. And after 332 votes in 24 hours, you voted as follows. Yeah, so um, 23.8% thought there'd be a draw. I don't know how they do it by... But literally, that's off Twitter. It's a 0.8. It's a oh, I've never seen the point. Okay. No, it, it, I don't understand why they do that either. 35.2% thought we'd lose. 
and then the overall majority of 41% thought we'd win. Yeah, I mean, it was quite close. So when I was looking with a few hours left, it was literally 38 lose, 38 win. So okay. those late voters thought that Orient would win the match. And I wrote on Friday night as I was putting that in, I thought that that meant that because everyone thought we were going to win, that actually we were going to lose. So um, <laughs> people being particularly optimistic, but thankfully I was wrong on that. So thanks to everyone who took the time. I think it was nine on 100 votes um, that we had in our prediction league as well. So it's good that people are taking an interest and in, in, in having a gamble on that in that respect. Um, so moving on to the main event then. Yeah, team announced at 2pm with Lawrence Vigoro in goal with Samling, Josh Coulson, Dan Happy and James Brophy in defence with Usise, James Dayton, Craig Clayton and Field. And up top, Connor Wilkinson, Leanne Gull and Danny Johnson. Was... Yeah, oh, go on, on, after no, you. no, 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 no. Sam Sargent on the bench, Joe Willowson, Jamie Turley, Josh Wright, Joby McEnough, JMD and Mr. Rawls Satoru. That meant there was one change from the starting eleven, who won at Forest Green Rovers as James Dayton started in place of Joby McEnough against his former club. Yeah, for me, decent line-up there. You know, only one change from the previous week. Joby, I think, will be managed, and I think Ross spoke about it in post-match, will kind of be managed yeah. in and out. And it's interesting because you would imagine that Josh Wright would be the one coming in for Joby but obviously James Dayton who's probably a bit more attacking minded mm-hmm. and a bit more creative and I think Ross in his post-match which will play a part of spoke about how he wants his plays to be creative so maybe he's thinking from that aspect and element that Dayton is a bit more creative and probably can open up a defence maybe better than Josh Wright can thought it was a, a bold choice there obviously we know that players sometimes against their former clubs can have blinders obviously mm-hmm. Dayton Used to play for Oldham, but mm. I, you know I, I I rate Dayton if he's fit on his day. I think Dayton is a very very good player. I think the problem with Dayton over the last two years is he's had two fairly bad injuries, so we've not seen the best of James Dayton. Yeah, but, you know he's had a decent preseason under his belt. So yeah, I I was I was happy with that team. Yeah, um, I do agree. Strong lineup. Ross's sport for choice again. I can imagine a few of the players are probably disappointed not to be playing today. Joby probably being. One of them, but like you say, he's got to be managed. He had a bad injury last season that kept Absolutely, him out for the yeah. whole season, so he's lacking a lot of match match sharpness as well. So you can't can't throw him. I mean, Joby McEnough has played more football this season after three games than he did the, than whole, he did the whole last season. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, that wasn't difficult to do though, um, and obviously the fact that they've all you know just sort of finished off by saying the fact that they're obviously I think they took a lot up to Oldham. They took a lot of players up to Oldham, so the fact that there's going to be three or four on the bench that won't play, and then another one or two that are part of the squad that, that don't actually even get into the matchday squad. So, yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting uh, thing to see what, what happens. Obviously, Joby wants to play, because he's obviously not played a lot, so he's obviously going to be disappointed to only make a cameo. But, again, you say about Dayton, I think that the scouting of the opposition would have played a part in who was actually going to mm. then play Josh Wright or James Dayton, for, for instance. Yeah. So, obviously, that's what the intel... From Joe, the analyst, and we had a few tweets in um, um, once the squad had been announced. And James O'Hagan said, "Strong attack and midfield on their day, the defence should do all right. Considering Brophy isn't the defender, he's done well to adapt. Let's see three points today, lads." Alpha two underscore o underscore Mega said, "About as expected. Would have loved to have seen Joby in the team, but understandable to have him on the bench to start. Hope to see JMD make an appearance." Uh, LDP King said I believe today's team should have stayed as per the Forest 
uh, Forest Green game, and then you play a weaker team versus Plymouth, rotation is going to happen and will be key throughout the season. And this is why the manager has got to get it spot on. George Nicholas underscore one said, pleased with the team, but I think it will become evident soon that Turley should be in the team. We're not going to be a rollover for anyone. Our forward line means business this season. Uh, Chris Cowell too said, personally, I'd have had Maguire drew him for Dayton and surprised the lad from Norwich isn't on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I think Ross, well, I don't think Ross spoke about Jordan Thomas in his post-match after Brighton and said he was absolutely knackered his, his first competitive game. So I can only presume that he was left out due to rotation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's feeling the effects of playing yeah. on Tuesday night. We had a tweet finally from Leighton Orient, not the club, but someone who's got a Twitter handle of Leighton Orient, as the club's Leighton Orient FC, uh, who said Turley should be starting. He is the best defender at the club, whether played in the middle or on the right. And I'd rather have Joe Woodison at left back, though I understand Ross's thinking on that. Lots of attacking flair on the bench if we need it. I mean, that's a really good point that we haven't covered. On the bench for this one, you've got Satirio, who we all know the quality that he can give you. And JMD, who is obviously there to create chances You've got Mac and enough, make things happen. JMD, and Mac enough, so. and Satorio, and then maybe you add in Josh Wright, and then with Turley, with his knockdowns, it's it's there's a lot of opportunity yeah. there. So really good. We've noticed a lot more tweets coming in once that team's announced to at Orient Outlook on Twitter. So any views that you've got, keep them coming. So at 3 o'clock, the League 2 season finally kicked off as Oldham got the match underway, and it took just three minutes for us to register our first effort as Lee Angle shot over the bar and Craig Clay put an effort wide three minutes later. For the Craig Clay chance, that opened up quite nicely for it Craig. Did. He's thinking, oh, whack it into the far post. But yeah. slightly wide. But, you know, it's good to see Craig Clay getting in those positions. Yeah, no, absolutely agree with you. I thought he was quite unlucky there. It was a bit unfortunate because he'd worked that position quite well for himself. Um, in the 19th minute, we worked a short corner routine and Josh Coulson nearly capitalised, but his marker nicked the ball at the last second to deny him the chance. So we've obviously and spoken about kind of, that's another example of a short corner, you know, so I mean, again, training ground onto the pitch and it'll be great to see one of those come off, one of those short corner routines. It and it will. Like it will, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it, we will score from a corner because we used to sing it in the South Stand, score from a corner and never did. Uh, it really looks like one of the key focus areas for the players in pre-season has been set-piece routines because I think it's fair to say if you're going to go up or if you're going to at least put yourself in a shop window of a promotion spot, you're going to need to do more from your set-piece routines. Of and we have never really... Never really, barring maybe the 13-14 season, really capitalised on corners and free kicks. And you'll see, you know, obviously those that have seen the highlights of, of Oldham's game will have seen that the free kick that came into lead, sorry, that led to our goal yesterday against Oldham came from li- literally the halfway line, yeah. which we've never scored from a, a free kick at that far out. So it's clearly something that they've had a massive, massive work on um, in pre-season, which is fantastic. So James Brophy was booked in a 26 minute for a foul, and at around the half hour mark, Lawrence Vigoru came out to challenge McElhenney for 50-50 ball just inside the box. The players clashed, McElhenney went down as Vigoru cleared the ball, Oldham wanted the penalty, we all waited with bated breath, no penalty given. I think Oldham would be annoyed with the ref that they didn't get a penalty there, or at least with the linesman. It was a 50-50. They've uh, been given in other games. It looked like a penalty to me. Um, Thankfully, it wasn't given. (laughs) I mean, the same happened in the last opening game of the season against Cheltenham, if you remember, where Varney got round the back of the defence. Yes. Only had Brill to beat. Yeah, classic. Brill caught him. That was as clear as they come. 
and the referee didn't give it. So again, we've had a bit of a let-off because I think that was a penalty. Yeah. And in Dave Victor's post-match interview, he made a great point to Ross saying, do you think if a crowd were here today and a home crowd all appealing for that, the ref blows his whistle? Because I think if the crowd are there and you've got 4,000 fans going, penalty, I think the ref blows his whistle and yeah, it's a penalty. I so right. I think we escaped with that one. So fast forward to the 42nd minute, Dan Happy has a go. He wasn't far off, but just missed the target. And the score stayed nil-nil as the ref brought the half to a close mm. a few minutes later. So not much of a first half um, to report on there. Similar in regards to the uh, the Brighton game, that the fact that there was sort of very few highlights there. So we moved to the second half. Kicked off with no subs for the O's, but Danny Rowe, who had joined them from Fylde, was introduced for Oldham at half-time, and he really didn't hang around waiting for an opportunity as he tested Lawrence Vigaroo from distance almost immediately. Yeah, I mean, Danny Rowe, as Oregon fans, we all know what Danny Rowe's about. Um, and I think, again, in Ross's post-match, not to mention too much of it, they said they know what Danny Rowe is about. And of course. They know, they know what Danny Rowe does in terms of they've played against him that many times. And obviously, yeah. he scored the winning goal. Uh, at Wembley in the FA Trophy a few well not a few last year so Dan Happy was booked in the 52nd minute and on the hour mark Joby McEnough was introduced as he replaced James Dayton yeah I think I think a few people might be surprised that he didn't start but as you said earlier I guess we have to manage him Lawrence Vigaru had to be alert at his near post in the 61st minute to stop a good effort from Oldens McCallany who had got in behind the Orient defence yeah I mean a decent save there and there's a tweet that we'll mention um, post-match but Lawrence Vigaru it's had such a massive impact and I think that's completely going under the radar because of what Danny Johnson is doing. Like, before Vigaru joined, the defence looked shaky, you know, we're sitting there going, oh, we, we need a keeper. And I think Vigaru has been absolutely immense since he's been at the club. He brings self-confidence, not only to himself, but the defence around him. Um, and when shots like that are coming at him, like, you know he's not going to flap it, yeah. push it out make a mistake you know it's it's safe like he's, yeah. he's a safe and a quality goalkeeper and I think again like I've said I think we are we're not really noticing it that much because we've got a striker at the moment who's scoring that many goals and is taking all the attention away that I think if we were if those goals were being divided more mm. Vigor would be getting a lot more credit I think what you have to keep in mind is Lawrence Vigor is a decent top end league one goalkeeper playing for a league two club yeah I think, I think that's what you have to keep in mind the fact that Ross has had that pulling power to get the guy to come to us and not go to a League One club whoever it may be but you know I still think Lawrence Figueroa is a decent decent League One player um, so yeah it, it, it's, it's a really good point um, we made our second substitution of the game in the 62nd minute as Connor Wilkinson made way for Ruel Satoriu. Yeah, not very well was Connor. Again, mentioned in Ross's post-match, he'd just been sick as he came off the pitch. So we hope Connor uh, is better. It'll be interesting to see if he makes the uh, the team for Tuesday. But if not, like we say, you've got JMD, you've got Satoriu. There's players there who can play in that role with me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Connor came off. And then on the 65th minute, we created a good chance as James Brophy's cross found Walter at the back post for his pass to the end goal just evaded Lee. Yeah, it's a final sub for the O's in the 67th minute as the injured Dan Happy was replaced by Jamie Turley. So again, when we talk about subs, now all the three subs who've come on are quality players and again, that emphasises just what first that choice is about, you know. All first choice. Yeah, absolutely. And that means, again, JMD, good player, not getting on the pitch today. Josh Wright, good player, not getting on the pitch today. Joe Widowson, good player. Not getting on the pitch. But today. potentially we'll start Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the rotation. 
Yeah, and Dan it's Happy. All be about rotation. Dan Happy, it looked like a dead leg. So again, hopefully Happy <clears throat> won't yeah. be Yeah, I saw down. that come up, and I, I didn't couldn't understand why we substitute Dan Happy because he never gets substituted. So yeah, yeah. It must have been something clearly wrong with him then. Sixty um, fifth minute, um, we're we're up to that point in the uh, in the game. We created a good chance. No, we passed that power. We are now on the eighty fourth minute. Sorry, I do beg your pardon. I hadn't scrolled further enough along. Eighty fourth minute. Then Royal Satoru. Had an effort on goal, but Lawler saved well uh, before Oldham countered as Danny Rose shot a Vigaru as it looked like the game was going to end goalless. But in the 89th minute, a free kick for the O's <clears> was launched from just inside the Oldham half by Joby McEnough. Up Jamie Turley popped to head it on the edge of the box into the path of Danny Johnson, who beat Lawler to the ball and slotted it past the keeper under his legs to make it 1-0 to the Orient with less than a minute left on the clock. For me... Great finish, clinical. Like again, we spoke about being clinical in both boxes. Johnson barely spoke about the guy until the 89th minute. One chance, one goal. That's all you need. Three and three for Johnson and for the Fox. Nice celebration. Don't know if you you clocked it, but the celebration is now hand to the ear. DJ scratching the record like a DJ. Yeah. Club know what they're doing with that one. Yeah, Club that's exactly that was what his gift. That, that was yeah. his gift, wasn't it? Um, my thoughts on that. Well, when you're confident and you're in form, you win those half chances. And that's really yeah. what it was because he could have scuffed that. Yeah. Could have kicked it at the keeper. Could have tripped over himself. He, he had a bit of pressure because there was a player on his, on his tail, so to speak. Um, but when you're that confident and you're that in form, you just get there that second quicker. You anticipate that split second quicker. You beat that keeper. And the chances go in. Uh, when you haven't got that confidence, you don't get there, and it's kind of yeah, the complete, complete role reversal. But that is a superb goal, absolutely superb goal. Nice to show Piergiani, who's boss. Yes, hundred uh, percent. He's had some good games against Orient. Nice to see Piergiani beaten by an Orient forward. Yeah, with ease again. So one nil up. Four minutes of added time were played, and that <clears> is how the match ended. As the O's won the game, one nil to get all three points. So we're lucky enough to get um, Dave Victor's interview with Ross Embleton. We're not going to play all of it because it's almost clocks in at nine minutes. We're going to play the opening four minutes um, that we've got. So here is what Ross had to say post-Oldham. Ross, thanks for joining us and congratulations. A perfect start to the league campaign. Yeah, from a results perspective, I think you're probably right, Dave. Um, you know, you always want to uh, get off, get out of the traps, get off to a good start in the season, and, and we've done that in terms of uh, coming away from a tough place with uh, with three points. So I'm delighted on that front. Um, a bit disappointed in the way that we performed, but I suppose if you're not going to play well, don't lose. And well, that was one of our messages at half-time. If we, you know, if we can't find our rhythm, let's find a way of, of you know, of, of uh, battling our way through the game. And, and to nick it is, uh, is obviously an even better feeling. And it was a good free kick from Joby McEnough for that winner. Yeah, we we've talked a little bit recently about some of the things that we do and don't do from a deeper free kicks. I don't suppose you'd really class that as a threatening position, if you like. Um, but we've tried to make them a little bit more like that when we're hitting balls from deep. So you can't be too creative, but you know some of the movements that you make and and there's always going to be mistakes or balls are going to drop. And, and when you've got a striker like that and in Danny Johnson in the form that he's in, there's every chance we're going to score. 
because just before lockdown he was finding the back of the net and he started the new season, scored last week and uh, this one was a cheeky finish, wasn't it? Yeah, and a Danny Johnson type finish if you like, he's, uh, his recent ones have all been delightful haven't they, but um, that one was one of the ones that I know that is sort of Danny's bread and butter and I think as a striker they're the ones that you want to be putting away, you know, the, the nice finishes, the classy finishes, you know, they top your goals up but they're the ones that get you, um, you know, get you, get you the good quality numbers and, and win your games of football and I think that was certainly something that we've always had in our mind with, with what we've got with Danny um, alongside his work rate he, he creates some, he creates chances for himself as well sometimes because in terms of that work rate he reminds me of Macaulay Bond he just never gives up does he no and I think that's um, you know we saw when we had Macca that he creates opportunities for himself makes defenders you know, you do. If, if I'm a centre half, I'd be worrying about where he was, the type of movement he'd be making, the fact that when it drops, he's going to be trying to get on the end of it, get his body in the way, and he keeps the game alive for us sometimes at the top end of the pitch when we haven't been, uh, when we haven't got you know total control on the game. So he's uh, he's been he's been a real asset for us at the start of the season. But it was a victory that came at a price. What's the extent of the injury for Dan Happy? I was disappointed in the decision to be honest, because um, although Dan got booked on the halfway line for probably what was deserved a yellow card, um, he got his legs swiped away for no apparent reason in the corner and um, ends up coming off with what I believe is a dead leg so if it is the case then um, probably a little bit more relief than it being a, a pull or a strain so disappointed in that decision because you know, Dan's running he can't see what's going on behind him and the guy swipes his legs away which, uh, which I thought was poor really Conor Wilkinson didn't look very well no, and, and he was quiet at times today. I think we got him in the game early in the first half and then he, he didn't, we didn't find him the ball as much as we would like. Um, so it was a tactical reason that we brought him off, but as you just alluded to me there before the interview started, that he didn't look well. And when I tried to shake his hand once away, he made his, weighed his, made his way around the pitch, uh, he told me he'd been sick. So um, fingers crossed it's nothing, uh, nothing more serious than just a bug. It was so important that Leighton maintained their discipline at the back. Not easy, especially when Danny Rowe comes on as a second-half substitute. Of course, we always know with our history and our background with Danny that he's going to be the threat that, that he is. And as soon as we knew that substitution was coming on, we knew that you know he was going to get his shots away and he likes to chop you and create space for himself. So it's something that we warned the lads about. But that, you're right, it's about the discipline. And um, I suppose if you're looking at the real positives from it is that we come away from a game, a performance that... Uh, we're not pleased with uh, but we've come away with it with three points and I think if you can add that side to the game which I think if I'm brutally honest Dave in the, last, in the three games since the start of the season properly I'm not sure if we've really played well yet uh, we've had little moments little spells but we've won three games so I think uh, it's a sign of, of a strength if you can if you can add that and that's certainly something we've discussed certainly something we've worked on uh, and I'm pleased and del- delighted today that we will obviously win but at the same time we keep a clean sheet as well I- so that was Ross Embleton talking to Dave Victor post-Oldham. Thank you to Dave for sending that over. And if you liked what you heard, the full interview is available on the club's official YouTube channel. So we are a podcast who would like to keep things in order. And after this, we always talk about the league table. So one game in, there's nothing to read into it, but we proudly sit in the playoff position, six in the table, played one, won one, drawn none, lost none, goal it was a plus one on three points. Hopefully... We continue to stay at the top half of the table. So your yeah. views on yesterday's match, Mr. Levy? Yeah, what a superb result in the end. A bit of a nothing game, to be fair, but our goal poacher was on hand to steal all three points at the death. Superb way to start the uh, the new campaign, and that means three wins in three for us this season. The football won't always be pretty. Sometimes it's about grinding out a result or nicking something against the run of play, but winning by all means necessary sometimes. And today 
we absolutely did that. This could be a really tasty season for us. If we're able to not play at our best and still nick a win, remember the last time that happened yeah. to us. Um, picked up on a tweet uh, that uh, wasn't sent to us, but it was a decent tweet nonetheless. I thought it was quite an interesting one. Stats Christian tweeted saying, Danny Johnson has now scored in five consecutive appearances for Leighton Orient. He scored against Oldham, Cambridge, Forest Green, Brighton and Oldham. Obviously in, in oldest to newest order. Two of the goals you'll have noticed have come against Oldham. So obviously a bit of a favourite thing for him. Yeah, good stat there. Uh, well spotted, Mr Levy. I mean, Your my views? views, a yeah. very good win. You know, I've mentioned it before, but clinical in both boxes. You know, you keep a clean sheet. You take your one chance late on and you win the game 1-0. And it's the difference, again, between a win and a draw, which is vitally, vitally important. Very happy. Good win. The first three points on the board. I mean, that's always important to get your first three points on the board. Takes yeah. away all the pressure. Clean sheet. Going into your next game. Like I said before, winning breeds winning. Yeah. So keep winning. Doesn't matter how you do it. Get those wins. And after three competitive games in season, three wins, you can't, can't be asked for more. Yeah. Great, great start. So we had loads of your views that came in. So thanks for everyone who sent in their views to at Orient Outlook. And again, we try and read as many as possible. Just because we read them then does not mean we agree with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So Luke underscore T7 said, what a great result. Looked like a nil-nil, but Danny Johnson proving what a great signing he is. Hashtag snatch and grab. And Danny Johnson feels like a new signing. Yeah. It but does. he's not like he's, no, he's been with six months, yeah. But he feels it feels like a it feels like a new Danny Johnson than the one that we got. I don't know whether it's having a preseason and the massive break, obviously, but it feels like a, a new striker was at the club and one who's just cleaning up. So you know, brilliant. Agree. Matty Sarri tweeted in saying nothing but nothing special, but the sort of game we would have lost last season. Look much more solid at the back and took our chance. Danny Johnson, League Two top scorer, no doubt. Bet you can't bet you can't get sixty six to one on Danny Johnson anymore. Because you couldn't paddy power. I bet you those odds have been slashed, whether they have or not. I'll find I do out. Know. You leave the leave, you will find I'll out. leave you to that. And Casey and I'll, I'll Adams, L O F C absolutely fantastic. I would have taken a draw. Without the goal, that was an absolutely solid performance and you couldn't ask for any more. Danny Johnson is there to score goals and he did. This was followed up by Earl Coado, who said, not the best game, but you can't argue with three points. I reckon us starting pre-season training before most might pay dividends in the first few weeks of the season. And went on to say famous last words. I mean, that's a great point. Obviously, we've seen from our second half performances that that's where we turn the screw. And we did start training earlier than any other club to our knowledge yeah. in the league. So, and that's a great point. You know, we've we've scored a late goal against Brighton that's won us the game. We scored a late goal against Oldham that's won us the game. We finished strongly against Forest Green Rovers. It's a great point about starting training earlier. Well done there to El Coado. Mr. Levy still looking sunshine. Still looking. Yeah. Hello, FC. So not pretty. Nice to get a winner in such an even game. Well done on grinding out a result and pucker. Pucker, we're not in 1994, Mister <laughs> Daniel. Pucker to see Day DJ on the score sheet again. Up the O's. <laughs> Wilco 300 said, "Great, solid, smash and grab performance." Most of us wouldn't have picked Coulson to start, but he hasn't put a foot wrong so far. Very, very good point. Very good point, and that's why Turley is not getting in the team because Coulson so far, so far, so good. Dan Alton 2590. He says, "Who doesn't love?" 
a smash and grab on the road. Second half, we were poor at best going forward, but remained solid throughout the whole game and looked very, very well organised. Johnson's a magic man. One chance, one goal again. Stroud Green O went on to say, get in. Thought we set up well and looked solid. If we just settled down a bit, cut out some of those loose passes, we could be in for a good season. I'd have taken it as an encouraging start at 0-0 with five minutes to go. So delighted to have nicked it. Orion underscore Ed said, overall, it was a pretty drab game, but we were solid throughout. And when the opportunity came, we took it. Completely the opposite of last season when we got carved open easily didn't take chances. Let's hope we continue staying solid and taking the chances. I miss you very much, Ed Morgan, in the South Stand. I miss you going to get your beer five minutes before half-time and five <laughs> minutes before full-time. I hope all is well with you at Elliot LOFC. Said Vigaru, my man of the match. And that's what kind of prompted me to talk about Vigaru, who I think is going under the radar. But again, I think Vigaru is absolute quality. I think, you, I think that makes a really good point, actually, because we don't really talk too much about him. And it's it's a bit of a shame because... You know, there's nothing sort of magnificent or significant to talk about, but he makes those saves. If he slips one, if he slips, if one slips past him, he's soon going to be saying, "God, what have we got in goal?" Yeah, absolutely. Um, Daniel underscore D forty four said, "Fantastic result. Just hope the goal is something we can build on rather than papering over the cracks." Johnson looks sharp, took his goal incredibly well, and the defence looks solid. But it concerns me how much space Oldham had down the wings and how often we gave the ball away. Kevin Cowell is a great win, not a classic, but the kind of performance and result that can define a season. Another one in the eye for the Rosty Tractors. Three wins now, out of three, and you can't do better than that. Absolutely. Orient Fan TV said, great start to the season. Clean sheet, three points, and yet another goal for DJ. The guy's on fire. Three wins in a row now to start the, lead, start the season with. Long may it continue. Winning breeds confidence, and the players certainly have that. Let's continue. Let let's continue winning sequence next week. Ben Whitlock, thirteen. So we've got exciting options up top. But for me, I'm impressed with our defensive structure. Keep it tight at the back, and then the goals get you in front rather than playing catch up. Let's see how long we can keep up the momentum. Good point there. You know, when you score goals and your defence is doing well, then they have to come at you. You're not playing catch up. Yeah, really good point there. Yeah, Stuart 1973 said, I thought for large parts of the game we controlled it and our football was neat and tidy. We may not have created too many chances, but when it mattered and when the chance came, it was buried. Limited Oldham to field chances to a few chances and they were very ordinary. Up the O's. I am underscore MO said good poachers goal from Johnson. Have Orient finally replaced Bond? I mean, it was only last season, mate. Give them a chance to replace them. <laughs> and Gun Walkinson, as skillful as they are, are not poachers. I mean, that's a valid and fair point. Now, 1-0, away win, clean sheet, three points. Good start. I did see some fantastic tweets about Orient win, Southend lose, West Ham lose. Perfect day. So, all in all, you really can't get much better. Everyone's a winner. Uh, dear Stu, great win. Sort of game we would have lost last season. DJ is on fire. Give him the service, which was lacking a bit today, and he will score. Defence looks solid with Coulson being my man of the match. Cissé was solid. Some passing was woeful, though. Bring on Plymouth. Yeah, so thank you to Stu for his final word there on Oldham. And thank you for all the tweets that came into our Orient Outlook over the past week. Let us know if you agree or if you disagree with any of the tweets you've heard on this evening's <coughs> podcast by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or by emailing us at Orient Outlook at Outlook. 
www.ballyhoo.com. Absolutely. So the Design Cadby Prediction League update then. Uh, so for those that aren't aware, we now have a sponsor for the Prediction League. It's at Design Cadby. They're a company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design specialist. And we are the home of the 15% discount. All Orient fans <laughs> and staff get 15% off. You can find James on social media at Design Cadby and on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram uh, as well. You can email James now, hello at jamescadby.com. So, correct yep. predictions for this one then? Yeah, at LOFC08 and at LondonGaryW and Smokos, at EdJones1976. Well done to you guys, you all predicted 1-0, so you get three points. Yeah, East London Exile, though, predicted 1-0 and DJ to score. He took the maximum Four points for this one. So very early days, but it does mean currently at the top of the prediction league on seven points are LOFC 08, London Gary W and Smokos. There's quite a few on six points and quite a few on four and three. So thank you for all of your predictions with two more opportunities coming up this week. Yep, so this is Sunday the 13th of September. Now we move on. That wraps up the Oldham match. It was a quiet day at the club with no news to report, so I think we move on and wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, so just coming up to the hour mark. Absolutely, fantasy football update. So the first week of the Orient Outlook podcast, fantasy football league is now in full swing. We'll have a full update next week, but there's still time to join. We currently have two hundred and eighty-eight players in our league, which is up on last season. So if you fancy playing in our league on fantasy.premierleague.com, it's very easy. All you do is go to join the league and win. The website prompts you for a code. The code is very easy to remember. VNU22R. All lowercase. So if you fancy it and you want to get involved, and you know, if you win, we'll give you a nice mug of sorts. As we did for Steve Chaplin and the Prediction League, please join the Fantasy Football League. I think we might be able to do one better than that because... Uh, oh no, that is the... Pr- sorry, Fantasy Football League. Yeah, okay. Yeah, unless, sorry, you, start, unless time, you start time. pimping out the Fantasy yeah. League. That's probably a bit much. But hey... You know, we get on the phone to Mr. Mackling see if he can find us a sponsor. If anyone can do it, Danny or can. Josh Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> so positives and negatives of the week. Now I'll let you do positives this week, Mr. Levy. Okie dokie. So the positives this week: our start to the season, winning two cup uh, matches and, and our league opener. You can't really ask for any more Absolutely. than that. Absolutely, three for free. We, you know, everyone would have taken three for free at the beginning of the season, without a doubt. Yep. Uh, Danny Johnson's goal scoring form, although I think, as you rightly pointed out, Connor Wilkinson's only a goal behind him. Yeah. Two and two, three and three. Well, surprising because in pre season, Lee Angle was the one smashing them up, and everyone kind of, I would have thought, would have had their eyes on Lee Angle. But Danny Johnson, absolutely unstoppable. I think the only thing we're waiting for now is Lee to get make his mark on the season. Yeah. Get off get off the mark for Lee. Yeah, and obviously the fact that we played uh, our first league game and kept a clean sheet. Absolutely very, very important. And it's good to see lots of plaudits there for you know Josh Corson who got a tough time at yeah. times last season and so far this season, like we said, Done hasn't well. put a foot wrong. So negatives for us. First one, not really getting going in the first half of our last two games. Um secondly, the claps against Brighton, you know, two and up you would expect to win the game. Got pulled back to two. Obviously, it didn't yeah. matter as much because we scored and won the game three two. Uh, and lastly, Dan Happy's injury that thankfully seems like a dead leg. Not too bad. So hopefully, Dan will be back sooner rather than later. I can't get into Paddy Power at the moment. There seems to be a looking <laughs> issue, so I can't tell you what the uh, what the odds are. But we'll try and uh, cover it again next week. So that's that's uh, the positives and negatives. The hero. Of the week this week will come as no surprise. He's been mentioned more times than any other player in this podcast, and it is. 
it's Danny Johnson. So well done to Danny Johnson. Retrospectively, Julian Lillington now takes a hero of the week for last week. We're going to go back and reward that to, Dan, uh, to Julian Lillington, to Danny Johnson, our new hero of the week. Well done to Danny. So can Danny keep up his scoring boots in the fixtures coming up? Then we have two big fixtures, both yeah. at home, as we look to continue our winning start to the season on Tuesday, 15th of September. We've already mentioned it. We've got Plymouth Argyle at home, second round of the Carabao Cup, kicking off at 7.45, where the winners will play Tottenham Hotspur at home in the third round. Plymouth haven't started the season too badly. They knocked out QPR in the first round of the Carabao, so an upset there, and yeah. they won yesterday against Marvin Epiteta's Blackpool. They won 1-0. Oh, they? They'll be tough opponents. They know what it takes at League 2 level. Ryan Lowe, I think, is a decent manager. Decent manager yeah. And, you know, although we've got the character of Tottenham, so have Plymouth. It's going to be a difficult game, 100%. that one. It's going to be a very difficult home. game. But at least at we don't home. have to go to Devon. Correct. They have to come to us for once, because we've been drawn against them. But yeah. um, Next Saturday, then, the 19th of September, we've got our first league home game. That's against Mansfield Town. Usual kick-off is 3 o'clock. Mansfield started the season with a nil-nil draw at home to recently relegated Tranmere Rovers. So that'll be an interesting one. They've made a lot of signings, Mansfield, so there's probably a lot of expectation on them and their players. Yeah. Let's, see, let's see what happens. Yeah, so the club have asked us to mention the streaming service. So after three wins in a week, Leighton Orient looked to continue their great form against Plymouth Argyle in the Carabao Cup on Tuesday. And obviously we can't be there. Well, fans can't be there, although some media outlets can. <laughs> Too honest to joke about it. I'm very sorry. I won't joke about it. <laughs> to watch the new streaming service is the way to catch up on it. So video match passes on sale for this one at £10. That includes pre-match, half-time and post-match analysis from the studio. There have been some great guests so far uh, on the uh, TV channel. So we had Kipriano, like you said, Sweeney on it. I think, yes, George Sessions, Sessions. Was, yeah, was yeah, Absolutely. So... All good stuff. To get your pass for this match, go to www.laytonorient.com forward slash live. Do that now. Spend your £10. And hopefully, on Tuesday night, half past nine, we'll all be looking forward to Tottenham Hotspur coming to Brisbane Road. Yeah, it's not going to... Don't get excited, because it's going to be their youth team. Um, Sponsorship reminder. So don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all of your plastering and rendering needs. Yeah, so that is it. Thanks for joining us for episode 216. So the 2021 season started very well for us. As Ross, his team has picked up two cup wins and our first three points of our league campaign. We've got a good-sized squad, two players for every position. So Ross will have a job in his hands, keeping them all happy and getting them game time. So if someone gets injured now, there is a ready-made replacement. Danny Johnson has started extremely well and is surely making a statement to Ross and the staff about being selected every week. And like we've said, could he be our next 20-goal season striker? So two more games coming this week. Hopefully two more games to talk about Orient wins and hopefully this summer next week. Looking forward to Tottenham Hotspur and more goals to talk about next week. Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, tune in on Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on smart speakers, so listening to the podcast has got even easier. Yeah, I mean, let's go back to the iTunes again. We had five reviews, like we said last week. So if you are listening on iTunes, this is the point where you can pause it now, go into your podcast app, to give it a five cheeky five stars, and a nice comment will be most appreciated. And we'll give you give you a shout-out 
in yeah. the AOB section of the what next podcast. What more can we ask for? If you've got an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient chum who you think will, t- will like the podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and please pass the pod. Now, I'm taking a hiatus for a couple of weeks for religious holidays, but you're going to be... Joined by our sponsor Adam from AJS. Yes, looking very much forward to it. So Adam Francis joins me next Sunday for episode 217. So me and Adam will have all the news, information, views, anything you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. Paul will be back in two, three weeks time. So have a nice hiatus. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) And as always, stay safe, keep calm, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook Podcast. Thanks for listening. Up the O's.